the 411 Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. 411 Hello. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. Hotels and motels are common venues for sex trafficking. Sex trafficking means victims are compelled to provide commercial sex through force, coercion, threats. And the sex traffickers like to use hotels and motels because of easy access, low maintenance on their part. Um, They can use cash, and there's Uh, an element of secrecy. Now, there is an effort by the hotels and the motels to join the anti-sex trafficking effort. Joining me now to talk about all of this is Tricia Pugal. She is the CEO of Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association. Tricia, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Beverly. Now, We're in an interesting time, and you may notice if you have been followers of the 411 Live, usually our studio guests would be right here with me, but this is not the case now because we are practicing social distancing, and of course you know that is because of the coronavirus. So uh, we are doing the remote video conferencing or communication as it will to stay safe. And we hope that you are too as well. But we thank you very much for joining us. The 411 Live, we have uh, taken on this campaign to talk about sex trafficking, human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, because we want to bring awareness and we want the conversation about this to continue and expand. Today, we will talk about that element, as you heard from my introduction, But, of course, we cannot help but also talk about the coronavirus. And Tricia knows all about that because she's dealing with hotels, and hotels are having to deal with this. But let's start with the sex trafficking element. Tricia, as I was saying in the introduction, how sex traffickers traditionally have been using hotels. I mean, with you, and you hear that, is that just like... Like a gut-wrenching kind of thing for you? Absolutely. Um, I can speak for the industry and that nobody likes knowing that that anything like that could be happening at their property. So um, that's why we've been taking a lot of steps for quite a while now uh, to try and prevent um, and stop the crime. Because a lot of people think of sex trafficking and they think about, um, oh, you know, a while ago. Uh, back in the day, the girls or sometimes the guys were put on the street, but things have changed. Now they're using the internet online um, and scheduling the dates, as they call them, and then, you know, setting it up. And then they come to the hotel for the the act, so to speak. Now, as I, I was saying, the hotels and motels, some of them are coming together in an effort to fight this. How do you do that? Well, we've taken a number of approaches and it actually goes back to 2014. Um, We've been partnering with a number of different organizations and government agencies. um, And it's a little bit more quiet looking uh, Mm -hmm. to the the public because um, this is something that we need to 
look within and make sure that we do preventive tactics. Um, for example, going back to 2014, we worked with uh, the Milwaukee Police Department and um, a couple of other agencies, and we put together a campaign, did some seminars, um, and then we've every couple of years we've refreshed. And uh, more recently, um, we had worked with the uh, DCF, that's the State Department of Children and Families, and with the Department of Justice to put together a, a video series um, that uh, is actually in three different languages and it's targeted for um, uh, lodging employees, so hotels, motels, etc. cetera. Um, and it actually tells them um, you know, what to look for, et cetera. And I don't want to get ahead of myself on mm -hmm. what your question um, the, um, in the last few years and um, last in the last year, there have been a few lawsuits filed by uh, sex traffic survivors, and they are suing major hotel chains. Um, they're claiming that either they knew that this was going on or they should have known that this was going on. Those lawsuits, have they prompted the industry to take a you know, a, a tougher look at this? Um, I don't think that is what uh, I, I, I am not as familiar with the lawsuits, mm -hmm. but I think one of the problems um, that we deal with is the privacy. So um, it isn't always as apparent um, as one might think. Um, and that's something that we, we work very hard at is identifying different, uh, um, different approaches that are taking and coming up with procedures, et cetera. Right, right. At the 411 Live, I'll get it right in a minute. Um, I was talking about that we have been focused on awareness, awareness about sex trafficking. And that seems to be a key for you in this effort that you're undertaking, the awareness part of it, you know, management, uh, employees, you know, the receptionists, all throughout the chain. Is that right? And absolutely. And we did start our initial training was really uh, targeted to the owners and operators. Mm. Um, and then it moved to training uh, the line frontline staff. Um, the interesting thing is, and there's a lot of different uh, partners that we've been working with and they're um, across the, the country. Um, there are different companies um, that have been created that have uh, put a lot of resources out there. But there's a big difference um, when you're looking at the frontline staff, what they see, whether they're working at the front desk, um, housekeeping, um, bar managers, uh, bar employees. Um, there's a lot of different um, things that can be spotted um, and that can be identifiers. Um, and But then you have to have the right process and, and procedures in place so that um, you never put the employees at at, uh, at danger. Right. And you also make sure that law enforcement is engaged at the right point as well. Um, so that again, it's a, it's a safe approach. You're not trying to um, tell someone to intervene themselves and put themselves in danger and perhaps the victims as well. It's a very fine line and that's what we've been working hard at. But again, the start was, to make sure that the owners and the managers um, totally were behind the fact that this, you know, this is a national issue, and uh, we want to 
do as much as we can to obliterate it, to totally stop it. Right. And I apologize to you and the people watching. I've had about four hours of sleep, so I'm, I'm working through it. But I was, when we talked earlier, um, yesterday, I believe it was, and um, I was telling you about this incident that I had read, well, I hadn't read, I was told about, uh, where there was an incident at a hotel where um, a group that advocates for survivors and victims of sex trafficking. And what they do is kind of look at, go online, look at some of these advertisements for sex and look for phone numbers of these women and then call these women and say, hey, we're an organization here who will help you. If you want to get out of this, we are here. They did this to this one girl And she answered the phone and she said, look, I can't talk right now. Call me back in 15 minutes. They called her back in 15 minutes and she said, he's gone, but I don't have a lot of time. So they told her, okay, go leave that hotel room, go to the front desk. We will call the front desk and let them know you're coming. She left. In the meantime, they called the front desk, told them, you know, we have a sex trafficking um, victim who's coming down. And she needs to be secluded, put her somewhere where she can hide. They told that girl, it was a female at the front desk, and she said, no problem. Tell her to come on. The woman came down, the person at the front desk grabbed her, pushed, you know, put her in a room, isolated her so no one could see her. They said about one or two minutes later, the trafficker came through the lobby And they missed by one or two minutes. And the manager of the hotel came to the room and asked the victim, you know, do you want us to call the police? And she said, yes. In the meantime, the police come, the agency who initiated all of this, they show up. That trafficker was arrested and is going to trial. They found out he had, you know, operations in several states um, and If they convict him, he'll be, you know, in jail for a long time. But I tell you this story because I'm thinking about there was that person at the front desk who knew what to do. You know, this this person wasn't saying, oh, well, I don't know anything. I don't know what to do. They knew what to do. So is this the kind of training that people are getting so that they know how to respond to something like this? Exactly. Um, and that's something that we are, are looking at even taking to an um, updated uh, approach. And we do have a major event planned for Milwaukee in June uh, with, oh, that's great. with our local, uh, the Greater Milwaukee Hotel and Lodging Association, as well as the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Um, we've got the Attorney General, State Attorney General will be there, etc. And while people will be speaking about the importance of it. There will actually be a component for the frontline staff to actually um, be trained. And uh, this is very important. It's been done in other cities um, in Chicago not long ago. Um, we're taking that template and we're trying to, um, to bring it to Milwaukee and then further out from there as well. Although anybody in this, uh, any hotel employee in the state will be invited to participate in that as well. But it'll, it'll set the stage, um, explain the things again that I was alluding to, that what, what do you look for? And then um, once, if you see these things, 
obviously you say something, but then try and let it be customized to who do you say it to. Each property is going to have a different uh, structure as to who they report to, but it needs to be someone who can handle that type of information in the appropriate manner, who knows how to contact law enforcement, et cetera. Um, obviously, the goal is the same for, for everyone, and, and that is to, to remove that uh, from the property and hopefully um, from existing at some point. Yeah, it could have the potential to save lives. Uh, we certainly uh, want to do our part, but again, we are just one we're like one uh, part of the wheel that that is is getting us there um, as a group. Is it to the point where um, no one is immune? I mean, everybody gets a piece of this training so that if there is a victim who shows up, I mean, she's not thinking, okay, I need to talk to somebody in management. If she's reaching out, she's going to reach out to whoever might show up or whoever is in her uh, line of sight. And mm -hmm. that could be anybody, uh, the person changing the towels, you know, anybody. So within this training, I'm assuming that it, it includes everybody. Well, the goal is anybody that has um, touches with public mm -hmm. um, because that, those are the people that someone would see if they were having a problem. But it's also those who aren't, you know, some positions where they aren't seeing the public much. Um, um, housekeepers, you you know, they do interact a little bit, but then um, there's things that they can be looking for um, as they move about the property as well. So the communication is the big thing, um, knowing where to go, uh, what to look for, um, how to handle it, and making sure that you don't intervene yourself and put everyone in danger. Um, but it's also... Um, one of the challenges is that there is, um, there, like other businesses, there's turnover. So you get everybody trained and then somebody new comes in and then somebody, you know, that, that's just going to keep happening. So I don't see this as a one-time fixes all. Right. Um, that's part of the reason we got involved with getting a video so that a video could be shown um, to anybody um, on their staff at any time. Um, things like that. So we're very grateful that uh, DCF and, and DOJ got involved to, to create that, uh, um, that um, video and to help train and educate uh, frontline staff as well. You know, sex traffickers are pretty sophisticated. And a thought just came in my head of, you know, maybe um, trying to get someone on that they deal with to become an employee of a hotel so that they can have an insider in there. Do you vet all of your employees? Um, I can't speak for all the properties. They each have their own approaches to hiring. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would think, I don't think it's so easy to predict where these things will occur. It's not like it's happening at all hotels right. and it's not known where, and it could be very temporary. Um, it's very difficult, and I think you can get that information from from the police and the Department of Justice and uh, detectives. They they can reinforce that they have their own way of looking and trying to nail it down. But the certainty, you know, if it was so easy to predict, it could have been prevented and stopped a long time ago. Good point. Good point, Tricia. We're going to pause for a quick break. When we come back, 
We are going to shift gears and talk about the coronavirus and its effect, its impact on hotels and motels. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The 411 Live, your link to information. And now here's your food for thought. When he said I could have everything I've ever wanted, I didn't expect it to slip through my fingers in a split second. I started out as a girl living a life of happiness with someone I believed I could trust. Then he twisted what I saw into a world of darkness. He took away my innocence, broke me down until I was no longer a human being, sent me into the streets to find date after date, bed after bed, so I could earn the cold hard cash he couldn't wait to spend. People think I'm a lost cause, someone just looking for a good time, when in reality, I'm being trafficked and they don't know the signs. This is only one example of sex trafficking. Maybe other victims can escape if everyone learns the signs before it's too late. For more information, visit the411live.org. Honey, if you look at that phone one more time over dinner, you won't finish your meal. Perfect. It was nasty anyway. What do you think of 41% of all Americans between 13 and 17 years old using Snapchat? Not worried? What if I told you Snapchat is the perfect platform for sex trafficking? He wants my body over Snapchat. What should I do? It's not like the picture is forever. They self-destruct. If you want to do it, I don't see why not. Does it make me look bad, though? He's offered you $100 for a picture. Easy money, girl. Snapchat made the 2016 Dirty Dozen list because of Snapcash and how it encourages sexual exploitation. Your children could be exploited on Snapchat and sex traffickers are monitoring. Are you? For more information, visit the411live.org. We're back, and this is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor. I am joined by Trisha Pugal, and she is the interim CEO of Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association. She has graciously agreed to join us. We just finished talking about hotels, motels, and sex trafficking. Now we want to talk about uh, what everybody seems to be talking about. That is the coronavirus. And we want to talk about how it is impacting the hotel industry the lodging industry. Um, of course, you know, Governor Evers issued a stay-at-home order to help curve the spread of this virus. And, you know, with people staying at home, they're not traveling unless absolutely necessary. There's little need for a hotel room if you're staying at home. So it has a ripple effect because if the people are not filling up the hotel rooms, there are these empty rooms, they don't need to be cleaned. You don't need as many employees. You know, there have been some hotels uh, that have closed. Potawatomi Hotel closed. Uh, there are some hotels that are staying open, but occupancy is pretty low. Let's talk about this with Trisha because she knows, you know, all about this ripple effect. Uh, I was asking her, asking you, uh, Trisha, before we came on the air what time you got up this morning and you said "Mm, you got up early because you had to do a lot of things because you're very very busy what is going on I I think you kind of summarized it uh, without maybe uh, knowing it up front but it it is decimating our industry right now Um, part of the problem is um, as you said the travelers are are not traveling it's not uh, it's not the time to do so. In fact, there are parts of the state where they've actually come out with messages um, saying, please, travelers, please stay away um, because they're running into some issues about local supplies and 
Um, they don't want people coming in and possibly bringing um, some of the uh, the virus, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it, it is an interesting um, state right now. Uh, it is hurting very much financially. There is no revenue coming in for a lot of the properties. As you said, some are closing temporarily. Um, but uh, uh, the problem is they're valued employees. Uh, hospitality employees are the backbone of our industry. Uh, we're legendary in Wisconsin because of our, our uh, employees and the way that we uh, make everyone feel welcome and we go out of our way with services. Um, so it is uh, presenting a problem. Uh, they are not able to uh, keep up when there's no revenue, and that's why some are closing temporarily. Um, a lot of them are laying off a significant amount of their staff. Uh, there, isn't, there aren't too many choices out there for them. Trisha, I have to ask you, when you first heard about the coronavirus, when it came out and, you know, there were, it was trickling the cases in the U.S., it was mainly, you know, China and other places. But what was your initial reaction when you first heard it? What, where, I guess I'm asking, at what point did you look at this situation and think, hmm, this might be a problem. I think one thing we've been doing is surveying our members and trying to keep our finger on the pulse. Uh-huh. And once uh, we were hearing from them how their the cancellations were just wiping uh, wiping out their business, and I think that's when it was definitely hitting home that this is something um, that the plans need to change for. <clears throat> there needs to be a new approach. There needs to be really strong communication. Um, and that's kind of the approach we've been taking, making sure that they're aware of what's what's going on, whether it's state level, national level, um, and trying to piece that together with what what they can do at this time, what they can do moving forward, um, because they're all individual businesses that make their own decisions, mm-hmm. but they need all the information at hand when they do that. How are the ones that have decided to stay open how are they handling this? What what kind of game plan do they have as far as, I mean, if they don't need as many employees. They, you know, what happens to those employees? How, did, how do they ma- maneuver this? Well, I will tell you that that is probably the, the most difficult thing that any uh, owner or manager has got to do because they get, uh, they get pretty close to their employees. Um, you know, that they're always working so closely together. This is a business that's 24-7, so there's always um, a lot of interaction, communication, and that's the laying off, making those decisions has been extremely difficult um, uh, on them. Um, as far as, you know, how they segue into planning, etc., there is some business that's out there. It's primarily, whether it's... Um, hospital employees that are are working a lot and they need to stay over mm-hmm. instead of going home there's um uh, there's other state workers there's other they're still re, you know needing to travel um so there there are a variety there's construction work um because construction is allowed to go on um for projects that are part way in just to make sure that structures are safe so it was under one of the essential businesses uh concept um, so I, I think there, there are some little pockets of, um, people that are traveling or needing to stay overnight that are 
on their way to home. Uh, they were traveling and they're, you know, returning one way or the other. So um, it's very unique little pockets that are that are around the state. And that is allowing some to stay open, but the majority to either uh, lay off, in, in many cases, 90% of their team and um, until things can can start improving again. I think it's really tough as far as laying off those employees, because I'm sure some of them are on the bottom rung as, you know, pay scale goes. And you're probably the least able to afford not being able to work. So, uh, of course, I, unemployment can help a little bit. But, you know, th- those are the things that I think about. And you know, my, my heart goes after those people. And I will say that it's it's across the tiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't just one category. It, it's pretty much across the tiers um, as far as uh, uh, who is who has to be laid off in, in the interim. But they're doing everything they can not to get to that point. It's, you know, some have the ability to, um, while there's no work, they, they will still pay for a certain amount of times. Others don't have that ability. Um, as far as the timing of it, their cash flow, et cetera. So um, it's, it's a little different in every, every, every property. Have you heard as far as reservations, you, know, you were talking earlier that they knew something was wrong when people were canceling reservations. Do you know how far out those cancellations go? Actually, that's something we surveyed on as well. Um, we were looking initially, now this is already two weeks old, which is, really old uh, when you talk about data uh, these days. Um, But one of our original ones, we asked about May and June just to see if that was in there. We also asked about July and August. Um, July and August, minimal cancellations. Um, May and June, you could see a little bit of an impact, but I think there's there's still that hopefulness that this will um, work its way through um, and that people will be able to get out again. So the vast majority has been March and April. And in some places, um, that's a critical time of year. There's a lot of group business um, that was canceled. So that's a big chunk that goes away right away, uh, whether there's a meeting, a conference, weddings. Uh, I mean, the impact is uh, is huge um, when you can't get a group of any size together. Right. And we totally understand and support it from the safety method. Um, so that's not the question at all. It's it's how do you how do you handle a business that is immediately and directly impacted? And uh, basically, lodging and restaurants were the first two on the on the line uh, when when this started happening. Right. Looking, you know, further down the road, and uh, you kind of answered this question with the um, cancellations that you were talking about. But you know, it, it brings up the DNC. You know, will that be impacted? Are, you know, people uh, in the industry a little worried, concerned that um, it may impact that? You know, they may tweak the convention and it may look a little different. Um, You know, what could happen? Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of options, which we have no control over. So it's waiting for announcements. And um, yes, everyone's anxiously you know, watching for that. But, uh, you know, maybe they'll make some creative decisions and, uh, um, you know, we, we hope what's, you know, that, that what is best for uh, both safety and for their organization um, takes place soon. 
You are um, interim CEO of the Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association. Tell me a little bit about that association. How many members do you have? And does it cover just all aspects of the of the state, you know, every pocket and every corner? Actually, we do. We've got over 600 lodging properties. Those are our members. And um, they represent everything from a bed and breakfast, um, the category that's called tourist rooming house, which is um, some vacation properties. Um, and we've got uh, all the way up to resorts, hotels, motels, everything in, in between. So um, that's why we have to take the, the complete differences and find our commonalities and, uh, and, and try and, and provide the best services for them. And I think right now our primary service and our, uh, our primary focus is trying to do what we can to help everyone as they go through this. This is unprecedented. Um, there hasn't been anything um, that's on record that uh, has hit our industry like this. Uh, in fact, on the national level, they were saying that this is this has been been worse than about three of the major, including 911, um, uh, things that have happened uh, to our industry through the years. Wow, wow! So, uh, as part of the association, what do you do? Do you do analysis of trends, or what? Sure. What's the scope? Um, we do everything from legal to uh, regulatory help. We do marketing. We help them with marketing. We have programs that they can buy into where we buy things in bulk and then they can do things, which is especially helpful for small businesses that don't have much in the way of marketing dollars. We do a lot. Um, we do legislative representation, very much on the uh, analysis of whether it's trends, whether it's uh, uh, bills that are coming out, things like that, and very heavy in the communication. So you're busy. Right yeah. now, you're very busy. We have a good team. We're all working remotely, trying to pull everything together, and and everybody's uh, really doing a great job. What is your hope as far as the you know that Congress passed the two trillion dollar stimulus package? What is your hope for that? Um, I think I hope that some of the relief is is um, moved fast. Um, that's the problem right now is timing. We were the first ones on the line. To, to hit the pain. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we don't have as much endurance uh, as perhaps some new, some other businesses, which are now just starting to feel it. Um, so hopefully they can start getting things set up and, and processing so that some of the relief can come into actuality. Um, we're also looking for some help on the, the state level, which can usually be a little bit faster. Um, and our, our, uh, trying to get some ideas together to help uh, in encourage that. What would that look like? Um, I think some of it is uh, loan-based. Uh, for example, the interest-free loans, um, something like that, perhaps uh, uh, delays in when uh, taxes are due. And I know there has been some of that, but anything that can allow um, uh, bills to be paid, payroll to be met, mm -hmm. Um, things like that, insurance payments to be made for employees, anything that allows them to be able to to do that is kind of what we need pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear you fast, fast. Mm -hmm. um, the um, Are you making any headway with some of the legislators, some of the state legislators? Are they listening? Are they in support? 
I think they're very intuitive, and there has been a, a lot um, of media coverage about the uh, tourism industry and the impact. So I think they're they're pretty aware, and um, um, you know they they are um, they're always trying to problem solve. They've got a lot of people that are um, asking for things. So I think we're hopeful that they'll take that uh, intuition. Um, and creativity and, and uh, put some support our way. So at this point, you know, talking about your members and, and them calling you, because I'm sure they, I mean, you're the go-to uh, person of the association is, is it a lot of, at this point, some hand-holding, some um, encouragement, some, you know, that kind of thing? Because I would think, it's emotional, it's mental, as well as, you know, some financial. I, I have directly seen and experienced um, some members going through some pretty tough times with this. Um, I don't think that, I, I think what we're trying to do is, is uh, give them some facts some, so that they know what's going on as best, as best we can pull it all together. Usually it's quick you know, things mm-hmm. come down and you have to turn it around real quick. Um, and uh, I think it's encouraging them to look for the long term. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of, um, you know, we're very hopeful that once the, you know, we're over the bell curve here, that things will pick up and, and we'll start seeing travelers uh, very anxious, as everyone knows, to get out of the house and yes. to start traveling again. Uh, once they start doing that, we can all rebuild. We can all, you know, get back on track because I know they're very anxious to, to call their, their employees back and, and to get everybody back and, and to start uh, uh, providing our hospitality back to Wisconsin. Absolutely. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're just not quite sure the timing. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Trisha Pugal, thank you so much for joining us. And you. being Welcome. so enlightening, because uh, I through all of this, you know, you think about the hotels, how they're impacted, the employees and all of these things. And thank you for addressing the sex trafficking issue as well. We really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. So please be safe. You too. All right. Thank you. You have been listening to the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. I'm Beverly Taylor. Listen, we have been doing many podcasts for many months. And if you are interested, and we hope you are, and with the coronavirus, with people trying to stay at home, you may have a little extra time. You can go on YouTube, subscribe, um, and look at some of our previous podcasts. We think that you will find them very enlightening and informative. Now, we are a nonprofit organization. So if you are so inclined to help us out in our endeavor to tackle this issue, please feel free to do this. Go to the411live.org and um, donate. And we really appreciate that. And we will use your money wisely. Again, thank you for joining us. Look at our old uh, previous podcasts. We think you'll like them. And join us next time for the 411 Live. Real people, real talk.